Democratically controlled cities seem to get more and more lawless with the passage of time and permissiveness of criminal behavior of all stripes. Intimidation of diners at sidewalk cafes, looting of stores without any form of criminal sanction against them, openly stated policies where thefts below a certain dollar amount will simply not be enforced in California where people can go in, rob, take away three, four hundred dollars worth of merchandise and not be challenged. This is the breakdown of a society. And why would people who are honest and hardworking bother to pay for things when others can go in and steal them with impunity? Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another episode of the Jamie Dury podcast. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to the show, and you can do so in one of three easy ways. You can go to the Google Play Store or the iTunes App Store, and you can simply search out The Jamie Dury Show, and you can click subscribe. If you prefer a third-party podcast aggregator app, simply download the free Podbean app at either of those two stores, and then search out The Jamie Dury Show on the Podbean app and subscribe that way. Either way, you can leave reviews, comments, And we desperately need more of both. The more we get of those reviews, the more quickly, the more frequently the podcast will show up in searches in the iTunes store and the Google podcast store and the faster the show will grow. So please do that. Please share it with your friends as well. So we all saw it. We all saw the riots during the summer of 2020. We saw it across the country, particularly in the blue strongholds of places like Seattle. We saw it in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, all sparked ostensibly because of the death of George Floyd. And the Democrats just stood idly by for it, even excused it and made apologies for it. What has happened is we've sunk into a state of Sodom and Gomorrah. New York City, my hometown, has become almost absolutely ungovernable. And despite his statements to the contrary, I don't think Eric Adams is going to do very much. I heard him on a press conference the other day, and he was speaking about how he's going to take back the streets and have people safe and have the transit system safe. But this is the same man whom a week earlier said that he had to hire his brother to be in charge of his security because of the rise of, quote, white supremacy. Does anyone really think that white supremacy is the reason New York City is ungovernable? Does anybody really think there is white supremacy in New York City, considering what's going on there now and who's in charge and who's been in charge? You've got to be kidding. But this is the sort of idiocy that passes for scholarly interviews or um, contemplative thought. All of this taking place as the staggering contradiction of government intrusion into our lives in these blue states with these increasingly indefensible mandates and mask mandates and vaccine mandates of all stripes. And now Fauci thinking he's going to almost make mandatory um, vaccines of four-year-olds. This is insanity. I would never let my four-year-old if I had a four-year-old anymore, be vaccinated. I think it's bad enough that the city of New York is mandating that five-year-olds have to be vaccinated in order to go into a restaurant. This is sick. But while all this authoritarianism is going forth, while all of this complete 
forgiveness of true crime and the imposition of almost Nazi-like documentation for innocent civilians who simply want to go about their lives but are forced to produce their vaccines, uh, passports for everything, including birthday parties for five-year-olds that are held in public venues. Certain violence is not forgotten. And the only violence that the Democrats want to talk about is January 6th. That's the only date they have in their mind. January 6th, January 6th. And what really happened on January 6th? A few windows were broken. Someone sat in Nancy Pelosi's chair. Increasingly, there's evidence that the FBI stirred the pot in that one and had uh, operatives in the crowd, inciting people in the days leading up to it that they had to go into the building. We already know the FBI was anti-Trump at the highest level. They tried to come up with phony collusion allegations. They falsified information before the FISA court in order to obtain warrants to eavesdrop on the campaign. Why would we think they would be above doing something like this in an attempt to give the president a black eye as he left office? They're certainly not above it. But there was one significant event that took place during January 6th. And it's significant in that it's the one event no one speaks about. I call it the event of the forgotten woman, Ashley Babbitt. Most Americans have already forgotten her name. But I wanted to talk about Ashley Babbitt today, simply because not many others are. Ashley Babbitt was the Air Force veteran who was shot and killed by a Capitol Police officer. Specifically, one Lieutenant Michael Byrd. To think that this idiot rose to the rank of lieutenant in any police department boggles the mind. You know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. If a picture is worth a thousand words, a video has to be worth a novel. Now, there is video up on YouTube that you can view, and you can see this shooting for yourself. Now, why am I talking about it now? Well, I spoke about it way back when it happened, and I spoke about it on several broadcasts. But today, new witnesses have been identified that day. There was one witness, it was one person who videotaped it, a young black gentleman who said that Ashley Babbitt was not a rioter. And she actually was upset that people were trying to breach the Capitol and attempted to stop her. Uh, I'm sorry, she attempted to stop them. There are two witnesses that have been identified because they've been charged by the feds, and it's shedding new light. But even absent the witnesses, ladies and gentlemen, there are simple things that people in the business know that prove the actions of Michael Byrd on their face were reckless and criminal. Deadly physical force is pretty serious business. Anytime a police officer fires a shot, he is using deadly physical force. Various states and the federal government have their own guidelines. New York State is, I would have to say, pretty conservative in terms of its use of deadly physical force, meaning they don't let people use it that readily, whereas you know, a state like Texas might uh, 
might create the impression that they're pretty liberal with their um, use of force laws, allowing you to shoot perhaps in under circumstances when other states might not. Now, I'm not intimately familiar with, familiar with the laws of uh, Texas, but I am with New York. So I'm going to go over this one more time. In New York, deadly physical force is governed by two stages of criminal action, what they call the prevent or terminate stage, meaning there's one set of laws that governs when you can use deadly physical force to prevent a crime from taking place or terminating one that is in progress. There is another set of laws that governs when you can use deadly physical force to arrest someone who has committed a crime after the fact. At the prevent-terminate stage, it's very simple. You can either use deadly physical force to prevent or terminate deadly physical force being used against yourself or a third person. You can use it to prevent or terminate robbery in the first degree. You can use it to prevent or terminate burglary in the first degree. Arson in the first degree. Rape in the first degree. Kidnapping in the first degree and sodomy in the first degree. For the purposes of arrest, you can only use deadly physical force to arrest or, uh, someone who has committed murder in the second degree or first degree, but first degree is no longer on the books. Robbery in the first degree. Manslaughter in the first degree. Rape in the first degree. Or sodomy in the first degree. You'll notice that nowhere does it say you can use deadly physical force for vandalism. Nowhere. And to try and make the argument that Ashley Babbitt or any of those rioters, that if they had breached the glass, were going to commit any one of those crimes or harm or attempt to harm any of the members of Congress, is more than just a leap of faith. It's engaging in fantasy. In point of fact, virtually all the members of Congress were already evacuated from the chamber at the time this shooting took place. More alarming, if you look at that video, within 10 seconds or less of Ashley Babbitt being shot by this idiot, you see her surrounded by uniformed cops in SWAT gear. If they were less than 10 seconds away, they were in the backdrop where she was shot. They were downrange, meaning this idiot recklessly fired into a crowd. I don't think he was aiming at anybody in, in particular. I think he was just firing a shot. And for him to go on TV and claim that he was just doing his job, he's got a pretty perverted sense of what his job is or what should be. All I know is any cop in New York City or any other major municipality who fired under those conditions with the same set of facts would all be investigated by now, suspended by now, or put on modified assignment, indicted by a grand jury, and put on trial. This guy, they don't even do an investigation. Uh, they call it an investigation. It was basically a rubber stamp, and they're trying to hold him out to be some sort of hero. But that's what happens when you have screw-ups. You either prosecute them or you turn them into heroes. Well, he's no hero. He's a buffoon. He's guilty. He's a murderer. 
and I don't take those positions lightly against police officers, but this was clear and convincing on this videotape. This was a completely, wholly unjustified use of deadly physical force. Nothing is going to make me back down from that statement or change my mind. Now, the reason why I wanted to talk about this today is, as I said, no one else is still talking about it. And there was an article that I came across in the Epic Times, and thank God for the Epic Times, which is frequently panned as a right-wing conspiracy organization. You see, when you have a, a point of view that's different than the mainstream media, you're immediately a right-wing conspiracy organization. Uh, when you're an ultra-uber-left-wing lunatic agency, which is most of the mainstream media, you're not uh, a left-wing conspirator. You're just showing the news. Really, what all it is is just spin. It's not news. In any event, the article goes on to say that two more witnesses at the Ashley Babbitt shooting have been identified, and the family is seeking the identities of five others who were present at the Capitol in an attempt to continue their fight for justice for this poor woman who was shot down in the prime of life by this piece of garbage, Michael Byrd. And that's what he is. How this man was ever allowed to be a police officer with this kind of proclivity for shooting. I can only imagine if, if that scene with these people trying to break a piece of glass going on to the other side caused him enough angst that he felt he needed to pull the trigger, I would hate to see what the streets of the city of New York or the South Bronx or any of the high crime areas of New York City would have looked like if this guy was on patrol. Because if that could push his buttons, this guy would have been letting the lead fly within the first week of him graduating the academy. And if it wasn't for the fact that they sit you down after you get involved in shootings in the NYPD and other organizations uh, until they are sorted out, he'd be firing that lead every night. This guy clearly should have chosen another line of work. But they're looking for these people. Apparently, the identification of one Christopher Ray Grider and one Chad Barrett Jones according to the article, reduces now by two the number of unknowns who witnessed the riotous behavior at the entry of the Speaker's lobby. Now, Christopher Ray Gritter is from Eddy, Texas. He was indicted back in January of 21 on seven federal counts, including destruction of government property, disorderly or disruptive behavior in a restricted building, an act of violence in the Capitol grounds or buildings, disorderly conduct in a Capitol building, an obstruction of an official proceeding, and other charges. The other charges, we will assume, are even less serious, so they would be named here. Now, just look at that. There is nothing that Ashley Babbitt did, I assume, that um, that could be any greater than what this guy did. In fact, she was trying to stop the entry in there. And none of those seven charges, as described against Mr. Grider, um, would justify the use of deadly physical force based on the lecture I just gave you. And interestingly enough, the FBI itself simplifies their shooting policy even further. As far as they're concerned, you can only use deadly physical force when your life or the life of another is threatened by deadly physical force. Forget using it to arrest for other crimes. That's the 
the restriction they place on themselves. How does this half-assed wannabe cop who's a member of the Capitol Police, which I don't even consider a real agency, uh, is allowed to think he can do something else is beyond me. Now, Grider uh, was just feet away, supposedly, when Babbitt was shot to death. So he was certainly in a position to um, shed some light on this. Uh, He was dressed in a black coat. He had a red Donald Trump cap on and a don't tread on me flag around his neck. So apparently that made him easily identifiable. There's video footage that shows that he was one of the first to arrive in the hallway after the uh, Babbitt and the journalist Taylor Hansen. He is seen speaking with police officers during the assembly, and he was also seen handing a black uh, riot helmet to another gentleman, a man named Zachary Alam, which he used to smash the two-door windows and the side window that Babbitt eventually climbed through and was fatally shot. Uh, He's also charged with trying to gain access through the doors by kicking or pushing him. Again, nothing that warrants or justifies deadly physical force under any laws that I'm aware of in any municipality or in the federal system. Now, they're looking uh, for other people, like I said, but they have this guy, Grider, identified. Now, the second new witness to be identified, as I said before, is this gentleman, Chad Barrett Jones. He's 42 years old. He's from Kentucky. He was arrested in January of 21 after acquaintances saw him on television and reported him to the FBI. Well, with friends like that, who needs enemies? Now, he's charged with eight counts, including civil disorder, engaging in physical violence, destruction of government property, obstruction of an official proceeding, entering, remaining in a restricted building with a dangerous weapon. I don't know what this dangerous weapon was. Uh, disorderly conduct in a restricted building with a dangerous weapon. That sounds rather redundant. And other charges. And I must point out that mere possession of a dangerous weapon is not justified deadly physical force being used against you. You can't just walk up to someone and say, oh, he's got a gun in his pocket. Let's shoot and kill him. You can't do it. Unless he's trying to use it or threatening imminent use of it, you can't shoot. Now, he's uh, identified readily, apparently, in this video wearing an orange-red jacket and a gray cap. And he's seen using a flagpole, a wooden flagpole, to punch a hole in the glass door that leads to the speaker's lobby. Uh, He's due in court. Uh, Most of the violence against the doors and windows outside the speaker's lobby happened after three police officers guarding the doors left their post. Now, again, Babbitt was shot when she climbed through the window that was broken out by the other fellow, Alum who faces 11 charges, including assaulting, impeding, or resisting police, assaulting, impeding, or resisting police with a dangerous weapon, and civil disorder, destruction of government property, and other counts. Now, a dangerous weapon, a deadly weapon, different things. Even these are not crimes that jump off the penal law of New York State or other municipalities to justify the use of deadly physical force. Okay, Now, new video footage discovered by the Epic Times shows that Babbitt punched this guy, Alum, in the nose shortly before she climbed through the window because she was trying to stop it. She grows increasingly frustrated, the article says, watching rioters escalate their attacks on the doors and windows. She tries to intervene between Alum and the police officer, but he brushes her aside and punches a window. She made other unsuccessful attempts 
to deter the violence. Now, Alum is also charged um, in a Pennsylvania court with burglary, unrelated. Apparently, when the FBI raided his hotel room in January of 2021, they found nearly 5,700 in stolen goods from an antique area mall, uh, and they notified the police department that was local. Uh, he was hiding at this hotel when he was arrested by federal agents. So there's a lot of new information that's starting to come out. Now Ashley Babbitt is gradually going to be portrayed uh, in the true light by the lawyers for her family, a woman who was not there to do anything other than peacefully protest, found herself in the hall as people went into the building. In some cases, people were shoved into the building because of the throngs of people that were trying to get in. Some people wound up being forced inside that didn't want to be inside. Other people went there because they were trying to stop people from going inside and trying to convince them to abandon this, that it was going to come to no good. It wasn't going to do any good. So I don't know how this is all being portrayed as an insurrection. People were going to take over the government. They were going there with nothing. They were using flagpoles and other things that they found inside the building, chairs, a riot helmet, no guns. I don't know how you take over a government with no guns. Uh, I think uh, if a no-gun takeover was attempted, uh, Cuba would still be run by Mr. Batista and not by Fidel Castro and now his brother Raul. So this is all uh, insane. But I wanted to mention it because people have not spoken about Ashley Babbitt for a while, but we have here really, really one of the great injustices of our time. In a world where law enforcement officers are constantly criticized, in a country where law enforcement officers are constantly criticized, and constantly second-guessed when we have very extreme cases that they're often involved in with only moments to make a decision where there are imminent threats of deadly physical force being used against them or a third party. It is still shocking to me that in this instance, clearly dominated, uh, documented by video evidence, that no one was imminently in danger, that there was ample room for these guys to retreat, that all these people were going to do was do a little property damage. It is clear that there was no justification for deadly physical force against anyone there. None whatsoever. I don't think those people would have attacked police officers in any way. If those police officers just stood by and let them have their way with sitting in Nancy Pelosi's chair, I don't think they would have done anything. And most of them did nothing except token damage to the, uh, to the facility. And who's in charge of the Capitol Police? Nancy Pelosi. Why didn't she have more preparation if they were that concerned? This was a setup. The FBI and people like Pelosi wanted this to happen. And bleeding hearts that are out there who don't want to accept this fact or want to go out there and call that the stealing of the election was the big lie because they don't want people to ever think that uh, Donald Trump could have won re-election. No, no. We all want this idiot who doesn't know what, that he's alive in office right now, who never left his basement and wouldn't answer a question and give softball interviews. They, we all want everyone to believe that he was elected legitimately when nothing could be further from the truth. Well, for those of you who take that position, for those of you who go crazy when your coworkers are not wearing their N95 masks. I have a friend of mine who's a school teacher in New York City. He says his, peop 
people, his co-workers go crazy if he doesn't have his N95 mask on. These same people who joyfully and cavalierly post Instagram photos of themselves having margaritas in crowded bars when they're not teaching in school, wearing no masks, apparently oblivious or uh, couldn't care less about any risk of COVID when they're not in school, showing their insincerity on the topic. If you're one of those people, these fools that are sitting around in a car driving alone with a mask on, protecting yourself from no one and protecting no one. If you're that lunatic, do us on the right and in the red states all a favor. Stay the hell where you are. Now that you've made these blue havens that you've created for yourselves, ungovernable shambles, now that you've made New York City a shithole, pardon my French, dominated by people urinating on subways, robbing with impunity, sleeping on streets in record numbers, crime going through the roof in subways, taxes going through the roof, businesses going under. Now that you voted for the assholes that created these situations, by all means, please stay in these sewers that you've constructed for yourselves. Don't come to places like Florida and Texas where we have freedom and cleanliness and law and order and then turn around and vote for the same idiots that ruined the place you left and turn the place that you're going to into the same thing. We don't need you. We don't want you. Now, if you want to sober up and move to Texas or Florida and vote with your head, vote with intellect, vote with practicality in mind and consider to support law and order and vote that way, fine. But if you think you're going to come to Florida and you're thinking you're going to come to Texas or any other conservative place and start voting for the same type of uber-leftist bleeding hearts that ruined the place you came from, please do us all a favor. Stay where the hell you are. Live in the bed, live in a lie in the bed that you've made for yourselves. And let the rest of us live in freedom. We don't want you. We don't need you. For the Jamie Dury Show... I'm Jamie Dory.